Hello punters and welcome to this week's big edition of the Championships podcast for Off The Map. A massive days racing, 10 races and to help us dissect the speed maps, Lee Dalton, welcome. Good morning Brad, it's an exciting weekend. I can't recall a Championship day one as strong as this and as deep a field so... Uh, rain stays away today, it'd be a great result and regardless we're going to have good racing tomorrow. How'd you go getting through these speed maps? I know doing the form I needed a little lie down after it having got through struggle. the 10. I walked out of here dizzy last night and I came in very early this morning and uh, just sort of went back over things to make sure it was all in order and we've done our best, that's one thing you can always guarantee here. Alright, let's jump across to race 2, the first race we'll have a look at is the Carbine Club. Average early speed, um, but you found fun fact as your potential leader. Funny little race. Uh, average tempo purely based on my idea of the map here being barriers 10 and 11 coming across to lead. Barrier 10, of course, is fun fact. Bjorn Baker, we haven't seen this horse race remotely close to the lead since it came up here to Bjorn. Uh, I've gone back to a win at Sandown over a mile in August last year where I was able to race on pace and win quite well. I just see this a good opportunity to push forward from the wide draw and try something different with the horse. Um, look, stand by for a uh, notification tomorrow from Racing New South Wales stewards if that is the case. At this stage it, it would be a change, but we'll just have to see what Mr Baker says about that. Yeah, and you've got two in the market, uh, the obvious two, Chris Wallace pair, Ring-a-Ding-Ding and Dealmaker. You've got Dealmaker just settling in front of Ring-a-Ding-Ding. I thought Dealmaker can settle around midfield here, has the blinkers going back on, is back in distance, but that's offset by the good draw here today. Ring-a-Ding-Ding, the pattern is to get back. I know they'll want to use barrier one, but we know Ring-a-Ding-Ding pretty well, and he's going to be back worse than midfield. All right, the Adrian Knox. Now, this you've got uh, pegged as a fast early speed. Uh, that'd be due to Amangiri spearing across from the wide gate. Amangiri, there's no real choice there. It's not the stable's go to fire them up early, especially in staying races, but what choice do you have here from barrier 19 up in distance? I think it'll work across and take up the lead with the Victorian visitor, uh, Pressure, who's drawn out wide as well in barrier 16. We saw pressure run really well at Cranbourne and Flemington went right up on the speed and they're not so good at the end of last prep in the ethereal but definitely be going forward with Craig Williams aboard. Miss Madrid, Welsh legend can be right there. Uh, then you've probably got a little bit more pressure coming from wide with a horse like Rock Dove if they choose to go forward as well. Princess Jenny's the top weight, uh, 59 kilos coming off a Group 3 win. How You've mapped her to be relatively close here? In an off-pace position, I know you look at the two runs back this prep and being back 11th and 10th, 13th and 10th on the turn, including one of those around Mooney Valley where it's hard to run on and win. Mm. Uh, I'm going back to the first prep where the horse was able to box seat at Geelong when won a maiden. D. Oliver, barrier four, he won't be giving away much of a start here, be definitely four to midfield. The other run I'll touch on really quickly is uh, the Kiwi, Clementina. Uh, you've got her going back. Is that just due to the gate or is she a horse that generally doesn't show much early toe? She doesn't show a lot of early toe and this is the first time in quite a while that uh, she's drawn wide. Last time over the 2400, drew barrier one and was still a little bit beaten for speed early, so I think going to be absolutely beaten for speed in a race here with a fast tempo and no choice but to go back. All right, the country championships final, 1400 metres. All of these horses, of course, have earned their spot through the qualifiers. Now, the first thing I want to touch on, which struck me when I had a look at this map, was the sticky scenario that Noble Boy could find himself in. Absolutely. When I first looked at the race, I said, oh, barrier five, perfect for Noble Boy, but... The more I went back and profiled the horse, I don't know these country horses quite as well, but we luckily have seen Noble Boy uh, racing in the metro area before. 
I couldn't find a spot forward of midfield for him, so I don't think you want to take him out of his comfort zone, especially on grand final day. Okay, yeah, you've got him back there on the fence towards the tail of the field, so he's going to need a little bit of Definitely luck late. As far as the speed goes here, um, is it traditionally one of those races that we see them run along? Um, no, not today. Uh, generally highways, country, provincial championships, we get big fields, we associate them with high-pressure races. Not the case here. It's a very average tempo. The lead's there for safe landing. It'll it'll go to the front without any uh, concerns at all. And I've even found a horse like Orion Fire to sit up outside the leader. And you look at Orion Fire's past five, it hasn't fit that profile. But go back, uh, it has sat on speed at Mudgee in a, in a strong enough race from a wide barrier right on the speed over 1,200. So I think it goes forward, hit the target, uses the draw. Then you've got a couple drawn wide in Lady Moronto and Queen of Cariba, who I think need to be positive here. But... I definitely don't see it as a, uh, a fast-run race. Yeah, the trainers of those two you mentioned, Queen of Cariba and Lady Moronton, uh, have come out and said that they'd like to be handy, so potentially inject a little bit of speed, but interesting comments there around the country championships. All right, uh, on to the Group 1s. The first of those is the English Sires. Uh, you've got them going quick, no surprise, given seeing how they run. Uh, these Gay Waterhouse General get up on the speed and Bellevue Hill. Yes, we get a, a Gay Waterhouse pair here that are both going to be positive. I've mapped Bellevue Hill outside dressed in green initially. This is obviously the early stages of the race and how we anticipate they'll settle. I'm sure Bellevue Hill will push on and lead and dress it in green will take a trailing position. Kiyomichi, I suppose a lot of punters would have said, oh, it'll just lead because it led in a golden slipper. It has to lead here. Well, I disagree. I think it'll take a sit behind those leading pair. I think they'll be very positive on microphone here from the wide draw. Uh, he's a horse that we saw posse up really close to the speed in those 1,100 and 1,000 metre runs in Melbourne. As they stretch out here, Bowman should be able to overcome the wide draw and get into an on-pace position. OK, so you're suggesting with microphone for those punters that might be turned off by that gate that they potentially go hard enough here that they break up and there's a little slot in behind the leaders. They should spread right out here, I think, and uh, the horse that also gets into a beautiful trailing spot here is Loving Gabby for Kieran Ma. It was as good a run in the slipper as any, I thought, and began probably too well in the slipper, if anything, and as a result was posted wide. Here from Barrier 5 just gets the perfect run running 5th, 6th, uh, getting all the favours, I dare say. There's a few horses there with gear changes, which I'm sure had they the race been a different shape or they drew different barriers they might have wanted to be more positive uh, they include Spring Loaded, Probabile and Crystal Falls all blinkers first time but from those very wide draws I don't think they're going to be able to do too much with them. Just touching again on Kiyomichi before we move on um, is it due to the 1400 metres that you see them potentially taking a sit here or is it due to drawing one and in the past we've seen her draw wide and just come across in her own time. I'd say it's more drawing one, and I don't think one's a huge advantage for a, uh, a filly like her. And then you obviously have the, the speed injected via the Waterhouse runners, which you don't want to go to war with those in the early stages of a race because they'll be relentless, they'll keep going. So I see Kiyomichi taking the sit here. All right, on to the derby. Uh, average early speed, you've got this one pegged. Could this race, having having done the map, uh, as you have, turn into one of those sit-and-sprint derbies where the horse with the best turn of foot wins the race, or will it be more the grinding type we're looking for? I think it'll be the sit-and-sprint type derby here for sure. Um, the leading pair are quite obvious. Angel of Truth on the backup from last week, it'll want to lead. Arrogant, we found leading the Rose Hill Guineas, or right up on speed. 
probably by default there a little bit. There was no speed in that race, but from barrier 12, they'll be positive. There's a little bit of speed drawn out in, in a twinkling and the chosen one, but I think it will be once they find their spots, they'll back things right off here and it'll be those horses in the sort of stalking positions that can have the turn of foot are going to dominate ones like uh, probably Shirley, Sacred and Chapada. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what Madison County does because I think if there is a scenario where he runs well, it is in a sit and sprint because he's obviously, you know, we've got his, a good turn of foot, little query on 2,400 metres, but if they just dash home, he's half a hope. That's why I've mapped Madison County quite a way back. I think they're going to be really soft on Madison early in the piece uh, in order to try and get the 2,400 metres. So that's where I've come up with that map in an off midfield to rearward position. Okay, the TJ Smith. Now, not too many surprises here. I think most punters would see this as pretty straight down the line. Ball of muscle comes across, sunlight takes the tag. And they just fly along, as we'd expect. Uh, Red Zell, Fell Swoop has the nice draw slots in. We saw Trapeze Artist lead the Canterbury Stakes last time. This is a very different race, and I've got a Trapeze Artist in a, an off-pace stalking sort of position. Santa Ana Lane, Champagne Cuddles, the draw forces them back. We know Osborne Bulls' pattern. Shoals showed a little bit more speed first up than I expected, mm. uh, and based on that, I thought could hold a spot midfield here and gets on to, of course, the preferred going. Is there any chance at all Osborne Bulls is closer, or that's just generally what he does? I think with the fast tempo and his racing pattern, he's definitely going to be back with only a couple behind him at best. And what about Pirata? Um, drawn two. We saw in, I know it was a very different race, the Sydney Stakes, we saw him stalking the leaders, mm. they didn't go as hard there though. I think they'll go too quick here early and midfield would be ideal scenario. It could even be a pair further back but midfield in, in an ideal world for the Pirata connections. Okay, that's an interesting one. The last race we're going to look at is the Doncaster Mile now. How did you go mapping this? This was very, <laughs> very tricky. Um, yeah, buyer beware for sure. <laughs> Obviously the, the, the clear-cut player is fundamentalist with no way, good barrier you have to lead, like there's no two ways about it. Dreamforce positive, Seizure Quebec, Lava Main's been going forward and, and running his usual races recently. I Am Serious lands into a really good spot here after getting a long way back in a uh, Coolmore Stakes last time. Uh, drew 13 there, draws one today. I think it's a horse that can map in a off-pace position running fourth, fifth, sixth without much drama and um, outside of that. The Japanese horse... I struggle to get a handle on these Japanese horses, mm. of course, but I, I did find a bit of vision, and I think they'll use the draw and at least be in the first six. That, that'd be my best suggestion there. On I Am Serious, yes. um, how significant is the, this jockey booking? We obviously don't know much about him. Um, before we came on the show, you said that you've done your due diligence, and... He's a, a jockey that's generally positive. He's a positive rider. He can get these horses out of the gates. He's a very loose sort of rider. Um, I think he's very talented. That's that's what I'm saying about uh, this rider. Very, very talented. And he'll measure up here without a doubt. Okay, well, certainly don't mark him down if you see his name Not in the race guide there. No. Uh, we'll have to touch on Brutal. Yep. Um, he's the, <laughs> the race favourite. He's yes. been well supported. Plenty of chat about him, and he snuck into the field. With the 20 saddle cloth, 49 kilos, I guess the only niggle is the wide draw. I don't think it'll matter too much myself, but how do you see it playing out? I don't see it as a negative. Uh, they'll be positive for sure with no weight. Um, as we, we've touched on Brutal on this show a couple of times, go back to the, uh, the run at Flemington back in September last year where led throughout. He's got speed to get across and find a position early. Look, there should be some cover there, but... The, 
that might not be critical by that stage of the day. They may well be racing away from the fence by this stage of the day. So definitely brutal. Ford of midfield. If you get on the back of a horse like Seizure Quebec, it's the perfect scenario. Yeah, it's game on and he's certainly hard to beat. All right, thank you for your time, Lee. Plenty of insights there for the punters. Hopefully you find a couple of winners and we'll be back next week for day two. Thank you, Brad.